Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Loop Podcast by Cognizant. It's your boy, Gaetano. And today, I am interviewing the head of growth at work, Vivo. Barry, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, Jude. It's great to be here, mate. Awesome. Awesome to have you. So real quick, Barry, who are you? Give us a little bit of background and tell us a quick bit about work, Vivo. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, as you can probably hear from my accent, I'm Irish, born and raised. Um, I'm a salesperson turned marketer, so spent a few years learning how to sell SaaS and how inside HubSpot when they were building out their P- PLG motion. And today I'm head of growth for one of Europe's fastest growing SaaS companies. Uh, we're Vivo, we're, um, we're an employee experience platform. So we simplify internal communication and drive engagement. Love it, man. Love it. That's awesome. Uh, obviously, I'm a huge fan of Work Vivo. Been uh, working with you guys for a little bit, learning about how you guys operate, and uh, we're having a lot of fun on some cool projects. So uh, I'm I'm a huge Work Vivo fan, and I love the guys uh, internally that uh, are are there on the team with you, Richard and Giddy, and all those guys really doing great, amazing marketing work. So um, let's let's get into content, Barry. The really this episode is. Uh, uh, kind of, um, how are, how are things transitioning from like the old way of doing content marketing to the new way of doing content marketing? And we're going to kind of pick a fight with the ADA model. You know, you're a HubSpot, former, former HubSpot employee. So this, this should be fun, but I think HubSpot came out with the famous ADA model, you know, really long time ago. And, um, you know, it used to be the case where it made a lot of sense to say awareness, interest, decision, action, but I think it kind of got played out. And it may not be reflective of how things are today in the world of B2B. So anyway, what is the ADA model from your perspective? And uh, could you give us a quick rundown of maybe like the old classic way of how it used to work? Yeah, for sure. Um, so you, you you nailed the definition. I mean, I see it as a it's a framework, right? For like understanding the stages a customer goes through, like when they're in the process of trying to like make a decision um, and make a purchase. Um, it's kind of like a classic marketing framework. Um, it's commonly used like in advertising, landing pages, like sales emails. But like, and yeah, going back on the HubSpot, like here's the deal, like the, there's a big problem with like how marketers use it today, which is pretty much like as a crutch, right? Like they think, like marketers today think they can create like any type of content. And as long as it ticks the boxes for attention, interest, desire, action, they'll start like filling their CRM with pipeline, but that's just not true, right? Um, so for me, like it, it can be helpful, but it's not a, it's not enough on its own, like in today's world. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm totally with you on that. Where do you think like the biggest flaws are with the model? Like <clears throat> from my perspective, um, I think one of the major flaws is that it, it kind of trains marketers to think in this linear style where, you know, a buyer starts to get familiar, then later on they become interested, then later on they start to narrow things down, then later on they, you know, choose an action and buy. Um, I can think of countless examples where all that was skipped. There was just a major problem that came up one day because of a catalyst event. And then buyer searches, you know, a very bottom of funnel term, goes and buys the product and boom, done. Um, You know, that's just one thing, but that to me, that's why I think the model can be quite flawed. But can you think of anything else? The yeah, the linearity is like a big thing, right? Like 
the 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 problem like so marketers are are using it with the wrong intent, right? Like when they're creating content solely for the purpose of like pushing people into their sales funnel, like rather than actually trying to create content that truly addresses like let's say the needs and the and the interests of like their target audience. Like the way the way I see it is like the name of the game is attention, right? Like when you're creating content, prioritizing trying to get attention over trying to get the sale. Um that's what you want to do because if you can get the attention, like you like that will create sales opportunities naturally. Um and actually following on from that, like how do you get attention? How you get attention is by being helpful. Like by creating content that helps your target audience get better at their jobs, like make it useful, interesting, like that will help you sell more. Like um because when it's treated like in a linear fashion, then it uh, it just ends up being a, I'll say, nicely and not nice customer experience for people. Uh, dude, I, I love that, and I I I think also, you know, the awareness part, it can it can push marketers to do bad things. Like, yeah, let's create memes. Yeah, of course you can get awareness with memes. But you can also get awareness by doing things that are much more valuable, you know, much less gimmicky. I think that's the thing I'm, I'm getting at here. It's like a, the awareness push can kind of cause marketers to to try some gimmicky things. Like I'll tell you, um, LifeLock, the company that uh, sells identity theft protection, they tried something really gimmicky that backfired. Actually, their CEO came out and said, yeah, we have the we have the best product. Nobody can hack us. In fact, I'm so confident in this that I challenge any hacker out there to try and hack me. And then you can probably guess what happened after that. He got hacked like 20 times. That went well, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a complete like an, disaster. It's like an, an open target. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're, asking for trouble. you're asking for trouble Like if you do that. Hey, where there's smoke, there's fire, as the saying goes, my friend. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. But yeah, like I, the way I like, like there's been, there's been three big changes, right? That makes this like whole thing, Ada, like not, like not work on its own two feet anymore. Like people don't want to be sold to, like people want to like, they want to do their own research as much as possible. They don't want to talk to a salesperson unless they absolutely have to, like, that's my story. Like, I'm sure that's like a lot of people like as well, but people want to like talk to people like in Slack groups, communities, they want to watch YouTube videos, like, and they might bounce back and forth between like different stages. At one stage, they might want to like dive into the pains and problems side of things. Then they might want to learn about the category. Then they might be interested in like learning about like why they should buy the solution, but they might like flip back and forth between all those stages. So you can't just force people like through that linear funnel like it just it's not a good experience you know yeah no totally with you so on the flip side if you if you are a marketer that has realized that ada is kind of old school um we need something better we need a better framework what else what else is out there barry do you think there's some alternate method that content marketers can think about which could potentially displace or replace the ada model yeah, it's kind of like, um, I actually think you might have some, like, I, I, I think I got this from you, like, but it, um, it's, if you break it down by like content type, right? If you align content to the audience's like level of intent, I think that is the, I think that's the way to win. Like, you know, 
if they're low intent, like you should create content that focuses on spotlighting problems and pains. If they're like medium intent, let's create content that focuses on spotlighting why they should buy the category. Like if they're high intent, then let's create content on like why they should buy my product. Like, um, but if we can create all the different types of content that serve all the different layers of intent and almost treat it as a like uh, choose your own journey, like play your own game and just give it up to them uh, and let them choose. That would be the that'd be the way that we do it. Like that'd be the way I would kind of like suggest about going uh, going about it. Um, but I'm I'm interested to hear what you think too. Now I'm a fan of of the buying intent framework. So basically, like pro- a combination of product led content, not salesy, but and that's the other thing too. I think a lot of content marketers have been told in the past that. It's you shouldn't talk about the product in your content. It's too salesy. That, that's BS. I think you definitely can do it, but the way that you do it has to be great. It can't be you know right at the top of the page. As soon as I land there, hey, buy this software. You know you have to. You actually have to do it in a manner that is constructive. But I'm with you on the buying intent framework. Like if the if the product is a critical solution to uh, the problem then it's likely high intent, then you should probably go and, you know, focus on those areas. Um, if it's a, a topic where there's very limited opportunity to present your solution, then it's probably very low on the priority list. So memes are obviously an example of something that's like terrible. And then things that are very, you know, high potential for business impact are basically all those things that have commercial keyword modifiers in it, like platform, software, service, system, tool, all that kind of stuff. So I'm totally with you on the uh, ADA replacement model with the purchase intent level of strength model, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And like, even just like taking it like a, here's one thing you could do to make it even better, right? Like if you want, if you were creating content about the product, but you want to make it great and not just like, uh, let's say middle of the road, like uh, some of my stuff kind of content, like video, like the thing like the thing that Ada always forgets about is like you can build relationships. Like if you can build relationships massively, like and gain their trust and offer value, like it'll create a connection with people emotionally. So if you can make people feel like they know you, even if they don't, through video, like it'll like naturally like help you like it'll naturally help you like sell more. So you know, you could even do it's just like a random idea, but you could like you could actually do like a real person behind the camera, like walking through the product, like and actually talking about it, answering like specific use cases, like how can people get better at their job doing this, using the product to do this. Um, I think that would be interesting, um, and it'd be a lot more engaging and like entertaining than reading like a blog or like a or like a you know. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you on it. And I, I, you know, I totally agree. I think video forces you to be authentic. You can't, that's something that pretty much cannot be faked. Um, one, one of the examples that comes to mind as you were talking about that was, um, the base camp guys. Oh yeah. So they started, yeah, yeah. They started Hey.com, a cooler email. I actually, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a I customer. Yeah. Yeah. You're a customer. Uh, All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when they launched Hey.com and um, I was just curious about it. Like, what is this? Let me go check it out. And I thought something was brilliant that they did. It's not there anymore, but it was there at first. 
it was like right on the homepage was a YouTube video of the CEO uh, just kind of taking people through why are they doing this and then a walkthrough of the product and just going through some specific use cases. I think the whole video was like maybe 15 minutes long maximum, but it wasn't fancy. It wasn't cool. There wasn't any editing. There wasn't any post-production magic added to it. It was just a dude in front of his laptop, you know, doing a loom screen share and taking people through the whole system. And I thought that was like so simple yet so brilliant. No companies do that. And I'm just a big fan in general of, you know, when everyone else is zigging, you just go zag. A hundred percent. You know, do the opposite of what everyone else is doing, you know, go against the the, the grain. So a hundred percent. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, those those guys, they 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 do some cool stuff. I give it to them. Yeah. They're like um they have this cool like before and after like life as well, like with the same crew, like oh base camp, like the same founders, you know. Um which uh and it just like creates such a stark contrast like between like uh it, it really spotlights the problems and pains of like before you actually use the product and then like afterwards you know yeah exactly cool man so um we're pretty much at the end we're going to do a little rapid fire and uh then we'll close it out so if you're ready for rapid fire barry i'm gonna hit you with some some doozies i'll, I'll buckle in for the roller coaster eh? <laughs> all right so um what is something that you've changed your mind about regarding digital marketing? Ooh, that is a good one. Something that I've changed my mind on about digital marketing in general. Yeah. I would say that something that we'll say like running like, like, and it's actually something that I used to do like a long time ago and I was running around like a headless chicken, but, um, in digital marketing, when you zoom out and you break it down, like there's, it's a crazy space. It's like a very wide surface area. You have a bunch of different channels. Like they all require like a certain level of different like expertise to like run. You run them for like different use cases, like very quick example, like LinkedIn for like trying to, uh, for the awareness for let's say creating demand and like paid search for like trying to capture demand. Like, because it's such a wide surface area of things to do and like we'll say machines to manage it's like it's actually an operational uh thing that has changed my mind but um you can't do anything at least like in in my team without like a clear guardrails like scope goal like time timeline because otherwise you're just running around like doing a lot of like doing a lot of effort without like a clear impact or maybe like no meaningful impact at all like um I, I know I did a lot of stuff in the past and I know ex exactly what I wanted when I was like testing a new channel or trying to get it working. And like, looking back, I was around, I was running around, like doing a lot of stuff, uh, but not the right stuff that like mattered at the time. Um, so um, I think coming back to the full circle, like, you are trying to like figure out like when, like uh, if the frequency hits a certain level, you need to swap it out for like different ads or if the copy's resonating or if the, if the audience, uh, if the audiences are fatiguing, like just like put it in your calendar, like or your money.com or your sound or whatever, or whatever you're using to like manage your day-to-day. -day. That way, uh, that way you'll have like, uh, let's say 
a certain level of operations you can fall back to um, and know exactly what's going on. Yeah, I'm I'm such a fan of that. Uh, the you know the set it and forget it stuff. You know, unfortunately, it just kind of wears down. There's there's a lot there's a lot to unpack in what you just described. I think part of it is like as marketers, we're kind of uh, we're kind of preached at by the gurus that we to some degree need to be superheroes, that we need to know a lot about a lot of channels, um, and we need to be experts at all these things. But the reality is that you just can't. And uh, to save your sanity, you do need those guardrails in place so that you can actually have, um, you know, a task load that is attainable to achieve and not just all these things that are all over the place. And it's too much to too much to do, too much to manage, too much to handle. So that's 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 a great one, Barry. Um, all right. Continuing with the rapid fire. What is one thing you would tell marketers to stop doing? Oh, like stop just uh, thinking that doubling your leads will double your revenue. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like, um, oh man, that's a great one. That's a really good one. Uh, uh, but it's just like, you know, a lot of people have, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a lot of people have come over to the promised land of understanding that like, uh, of this whole, like there's been a lot of buzz about like creating, capturing demand, like over the last like few years, a lot of marketers have like got on board, like with the correct way of thinking, but um, you know, you go on LinkedIn, LinkedIn is like an echo chamber, you know, we all kind of, a lot of us think the same way, but there's so many people that still don't. <laughs> it's a lot, there's a lot of people who will just like, I, I, and maybe I'm stereotyping, maybe I'm stereotyping it as generally bigger companies. And you're like, uh, oh, like, like, uh, sure. What are their programs are all around? Like, oh, we'll spin out a couple of books. Like we'll get like a couple of thousand people to like, uh, to download it, subscribe to the newsletter, and we'll fire it over the wall to like sales and ask them to like uh, do all the heavy lifting. Like that shit needs to stop. Like mm, full stop. Yeah. I think we're getting there, but it's it's a slow burn. But we're, the the tides are starting to turn a little bit. Yeah, which is which is good news. Good news for us. So that that's a good one, Barry. And then the last one of the day. What is one thing you would tell marketers? they should start doing oh this is going to be a good one like it's uh not a people are gonna, not a lot of people are going to like it though because it's like uh it's it's outside the norm like oh they're kind of like day to day but it shouldn't be and it's actually just like listening to sales calls and getting back to the fundamentals like uh, it'll it'll inform not just like your ads your landing pages your content and like what people actually care about but like it'll actually make your it, so it'll not actually make your marketing better but you'd actually be better for it as well because you'd be closer to the business side, you know? Like you'll end up being amazing at competitive stuff, like knowing why you win. Like you'll understand where the best leads come from because you'll start to hear and see patterns of your like ICP, their pains, their problems, like what their decision process looks like. So you can try and lean in and get more of those. But you'll also have like a better relationship with your sales team. Like you'll be in the loop on how sales conversations are going, what the quality is looking like. Um, it helps you be like a full stock marketer, you know, which I think is the, that is the, uh, that's kind of like how we kind of like look at it inside like work Vivo where like we, there's a lot of people who operate a lot of their, we'll say their own kingdoms, their own areas of expertise, their own domains, but there's no reason why they shouldn't know like how everything else works or um, how the, how the business side works. Like I want our performance team to think like product marketer as well you know, and have that like depth of expertise because we'll make everything better. Um, so 
just in the sales calls. Important. Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. I'm I'm obviously a big fan of that one as well. That's uh, something I always try and do as much as possible. And um, like you said, gets you closer to the business side as a marketer and just makes things better for everyone all around. So great tip, Barry. Thanks again for joining the Loop Podcast. Um, if you guys want to go and uh, connect with Barry, just go to LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, Barry, what's your what's your handles on those platforms? Uh, Twitter is I'm Barry Nyan, and then like LinkedIn, you'll just find me like Barry Nyan Bricky Little. All right, well, good stuff. Uh, thanks again for joining the Loop Podcast by Cognizant, and until next time, we'll see you then. Take care.